Hi, and welcome back to the Soda Pop Podcast. I am here with some very special guests, unlike last week's episode. I am here with Kat. Say hi, Kat. Hello. Yeah, I purposely missed Zach's episode. (laughs) I don't want to talk to him. Y'all have unspoken beef now? Apparently. I didn't know. And then I'm here with someone that I'm very excited to have. When I found out, I literally screamed for like 30 minutes. I'm here with Berkeley from TikTok. Can you give me a hi, Berkeley? Hi, Berkeley. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I am very excited about this episode because it's something very near and dear to my heart. We're talking about fan fiction and a little bit of fandom and all those fun things because it's part of the modern culture and age. And if you haven't experienced a little bit of fandom, are you truly human? No. (laughs) We also have a YouTube channel, if you don't know. So if you want to go check us out on YouTube, it's going to be University of North Alabama School of the Arts. And we have um, a video version of our podcast. So if you're a visual learner, check those out. So before we get like truly in to everything that we're going to do this week, Berkeley, I have a segment called Soft Drinks, Soft Jams. What is your favorite soft drink? My favorite soft drink is Sprite. Thank you. See, someone on Team Sprite, these crazy people over here, Cherry Coke. I did not say Coke. Who hurt you? I said Cherry Dr. Pepper. Who hurt you? Thank you. Dr. Pepper's icky. Thank you. I can't Says someone it. with Sprite. Sprite is delicious. Sprite? It's good for the soul. Sprite. It cures everything. It's You're sick, you drink a Sprite. Sprite. It's so fizzy. Exactly. It wakes you up. Sprite. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Um, and what is a song that you currently have on repeat over and over again? Oh, uh, gosh. Um, Led Zeppelin's Physical Graffiti album. The whole album? Yep. The whole, the whole album. album. I will add well, the whole that, album. That's to the gonna playlist. increase our playlist. <laughs> I want the playlist to be like also 10 a good hours. choice with Led Zeppelin. I can agree with that one. Yes. I love Led Zeppi. Um, um, <laughs> oh, you're good. If you don't know, we have a playlist on Spotify. Just type in UNA School of the Arts. Click on the profile, and there will be a playlist of all the people who've been on this podcast, and you can see every single song. And I'm going to add the whole album because I want this playlist to be at least 10 hours long. So thank you. And we're of limiting course. ourselves to one song just because we're on multiple episodes. Yes. So. So, Kat, um, since I always forget to ask you, what is your favorite song first this week? Uh, <laughs> Dum Dum by uh, Maze, I think is how you pronounce it. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, it's the only song I've listened to of hers. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's it's literally just a song about everybody's stupid and acts stupid sometimes. <laughs> it's just nobody's actually smart. all stupid little people. Just stupid little idiots. Okay, then. It's and just fun. Uh, there's a sped up version that's on TikTok a lot, but I like the uh, slower version, the regular version. I only know the sped up version. Naturally. I don't even know if I know the song. I, I actually, like, I listen to the regular version, and it's just better. Uh-huh. It's the, it, it's the sort of, <laughs> everyone is dumb. I wish I knew the song now. La, 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 la. Okay, and then what is your drink before I forget to ask your drink now, too? Lemonade. Oh, we're doing lemonade this month? Lemonade, regular lemonade. Just regular lemonade. I mean, I didn't, like... Uh, Regular lemonade is better than that. Uh, the whole lemonade argument we went on uh, two weeks ago <sighs> with everlasting gobstopper lemonade. It is just everlasting uh, just gobstopper like, lemonade. Uh, I prefer regular lemonade over strawberry, personally. If uh, someone ever asks you to drink the nature's twisted lemonade, say no. Okay. You say yes. Just it's it's a, it's an experience, but just drink one and never drink it again. Honestly, it's a different. Every sip is a different flavor. It's supposed to be strawberry lemonade, and it's supposed to be sugar-free, but there's, it's so sweet. Sometimes it tastes like you're drinking water. Sometimes it tastes like you're drinking like a strawberry juice. Sometimes lemonade, sometimes pure sugar. It changes everyone, so if you don't want that experience, I would say no. Okay. I found out they have regular ones. Oh, we got to try it now. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, that's why it's called Everlasting Gobstopper Lemonade because it's like an everlasting gobstopper. It changes flavors as you try it. I'm gonna be talking about this till I die. Yep. <laughs> um, my what? Oh, my drink this week. I like juice a lot, and this week I've been drinking. I like the peach lemonade from Arby's. I had to take Zach to Arby's. This Just week. from Arby's though. Yeah, it's Every really other good. Peach. I've never tried it. I tried it. It was like midnight. They made it right. I guess they put extra syrup in it or something, but it was delicious. <laughs> I recommend it. I'm a lemonade girly. I, I am too, but I don't think that I've been to an Arby's willingly in years. <laughs> I haven't either. I I have to be in a mood for Arby's. I'm typically on my period True. when I want Arby's, but that's besides the point. Because it's So that's why I don't go to Arby's. <laughs> but I took Zach there because Zach's currently in an Arby's food mood, and I was like, okay, I'm getting 17 different lemonades then because it's midnight and I want lemonade. Get the peach lemonade. That's the only thing I'm going to recommend. Anyway, um, the song this week is uh, The Red Means I Love You. I I go in cycles with that song over and over and over again. I forgot who wrote it. Oh, let me, hold on. The power of Spotify is magical. Um, where is it? No, maybe, possibly. Okay, it is by Maddie Buckley. I'm hoping I, no, Mads Buckley. Hopefully I pronounced that right. I love it, it's amazing. I listen to it on repeat like every month. So that's currently the roundabout we're going in. My genuine question are how many songs are going to are on this Led Zeppelin album? I think this will be our high score for the amount of songs added by one person. Yes. I, I don't think anyone will beat it either. I'm gonna have to look because I'm a fake fan. <laughs> wasn't it um uh wasn't the winner before that Landon with like five? Yeah, no, he Landon did. had four. He had four? But they were all different. He was just like this and this, this and, and this and this and this and this. <laughs> and then I did three, so yeah. <laughs> I'm reducing myself to one because I'm in the middle. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. Yeah. Fifteen. Yeah. The award for most songs it's, go it, to Berkeley. It's, it's gonna have to be a uh, pretty big one up for that one. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna have fifteen songs for that one. Yep. We love it. We'll see big if anybody boost. ever tops it. I don't think they'll be able to. I doubt it. Until <laughs> unless someone specifically goes for another album that just conveniently happens to be more than fifteen songs. Sixteen and a half. Um. <laughs> How do you have half a song? Thirty seconds. Not a full minute. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Reprises. Those are half a song. <laughs> I'm sorry. Someone just puts the entire 48 uh, song Hamilton album on it. I'm not doing that to myself. <laughs> okay. So, Berkeley, if you don't mind telling the people a little bit about yourself, because I know. I don't know if Kat knows, but it's not important if, he, if they know. It's only important if I know. <laughs> I am stupid, just like the song says. So for the audience to know, can, can you give a little bit about yourself? Uh, okay. Um, well, my name is Berkeley. I accidentally got popular on TikTok around this time last year. Um, in that time, I uh, talked almost exclusively about fandom and fan fiction, um, its impact on stuff, uh, the academic side of it, just like anything pertaining to fandom fanfic. That's what I, I talk about. So I went, I have like 302,000 followers right now. Don't quote me on that, though. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know, I like, I like talking about my little fictional characters. And like internet culture, I guess, too, just because those are like intrinsically tied. Yes. Meme culture, Tumblr, all of that's like hand in hand with fandom. Oh, most definitely. I feel like it's like a spark from fandom, to be honest. Like mm -hmm. without it, you would never know. Um, for people who don't know, because this is a school's podcast, Berkeley went here. 
Um, so, yeah. so that's even more exciting. <laughs> so to know that someone, I didn't even know. I know that you went to college. I didn't know you go to, went to college here, which was even more exciting when I found that out. When you're like, yeah, I went here. And I was like, oh my God. See, I thought you were emailing me because you knew that I went here. No, I emailed you because I was like, maybe. Yeah, I'm like, no. I know you live in this area. And so I'm like, maybe, possibly, with a hope, dream, and a wish. It she'll was say seriously yes. like, it's in this area. And then she came back like two days later and was like, oh my God, she went to UNA. <laughs> That's why I was like, please say yes. Please, let's please say yes. Like, I just know you live in the area. I didn't know you went to college here specifically. Yeah, for a whole five and a half years. <laughs> so I'm excited. Um, that so I if you hear me like low key screaming in the background, it's just because I'm having a little fangirl moment. That can is, you <laughs> low key? Can you low key do anything? Like honestly, I mean I'm a high key everything. I'm, I'm exactly. like high key gay. So you're, you're, you're I literally dress like as a gay southern person on you, a daily basis. Uh, your low key is uh, people's average, like regular. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, my my low key is like seventy percent. While everybody else is like, yeah, I'm gonna get thirty today. Yeah. Um. So you never want to see your high key. Uh, Never. It's, uh, it's pure chaos. What am I not chaotic? <laughs> exactly. It's another level of chaos. <laughs> um, so, okay, so you mentioned you have a big TikTok following, and that's where I personally found you. And so one thing you talk about constantly is not gatekeeping and educating others. What geared, I can't speak words, geared you towards that path of like wanting to share this information and not choosing to gatekeep like a lot of people in fandom typically do? Well, it was people just like started asking me questions and I, it never occurred to me to withhold any of that information because why would you? It, gatekeeping just doesn't make any sense to me. And so people started asking me questions, and even if I didn't know the answer, I would, like, go through all available avenues and channels to find out the answer for them. And then, you know, like, educating myself and everybody else in the process. Um, but I, I don't know. It's like there are things that you learn inherently by being in fandom. Like, I've been in fandom since, like, the end of 2012. I st started reading fanfic 2011. End of 2012 is when I got on Tumblr, and that's, like, when I got in fandom. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's trial by fire. Oh, most definitely. And it's so scary. It's, it's honestly the scariest thing. Oh, and that brings me to my next segment. Pop off. This is where I ask everybody their biggest hot take when it comes to something. Um, we're going to go Cat go first because he's been wanting That's to share the, okay. this for weeks. Um, this edition will just weeks. be like your biggest thing that takes you off within like fandom and fan fiction. I did not tell them about this beforehand. So the look of worry on our face. <laughs> um, but Kat, what is the thing that's currently pissing you off within like fandom and fanfiction uh, and all that? The people that get mad at people for their personal uh, ships or headcanons, even though it's a personal headcanon or how they see a character and they're like, that's not exactly how it's done in the thing. My point out for this that makes me the most angry is uh, Persona 4 with the character Naoto Shiragane. Uh, she is, uh, when they're, she's introduced in the game, it's the d detective prince or the clever young boy and they dress masculinely, use he, him pronouns and it's revealed that it's actually a female and they went through, uh, using male pronouns to like be accepted in the detective industry because they were already a kid. They could remove one of the things that set them down in the industry. Um, and so personally people will headcanon, uh, trans male 
non-binary or gender fluid. Obviously. Personally, gender fluid Duh. because she bo- does both feminine things and very masculine things and she's still uncomfortable and keeps her hair short even after it's revealed. And then people are like, her whole story arc is about being comfortable with her own gender. She is completely a cis female. And I'm like, screw, shut up. It's called a fan <laughs> Let us for a attach reason. to our characters that we want to attach to because she's my favorite character in the thing because she deals with gender. Uh, and then people are like, no, it's a straight female. And I'm like, no, let me keep her as a little gender fluid gremlin. Fanon is Fanon for a reason. It's not canon. It's Fanon. And the only time she ever dresses femininely is when it's like she's forced to for a pageant. And then she doesn't even show up for the swimsuit part because she's too uncomfortable with her own body. <laughs> like, she's not, it's not a typical. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, projecting all of your emotions on the fictional characters is something that can be so personal, actually, and it's something I do frequently. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. I mean, we all do it. That's literally like a constant day-to-day battle with my life is, which character am I going to pick this week to hyperfixate on? (laughs) That's how you you to look at it. Jesus Christ, I don't know how to speak words. Anyway, so Berkeley, what, what is your biggest thing that's your biggest hot take when it comes to fanfic or fandom? If you need more time, I can go ahead of mine. Do I? I don't know if I have anything that's like considered a hot take. I guess it would just be like the the gatekeepy aspect, or like the idea that younger novice members of fandom have to pay their dues. Oh my god, I hate that so much. There's no paying dues. It's all try or buy fire. No, um, <laughs> I'm gonna rant about this again. I'm, I'm interjecting on this one. So my favorite game series is Fire Emblem, mm-hmm. and oh my god, that is a toxic fandom. Oh, I've uh, heard. Yeah. That's why okay, I'm, I'm glad it. you've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a little thing that has been divided up between a little thing called casuals and elitists. The fact that that is a big Why is that a title? Uh, yes. Uh, so basically, Fire Emblem has a big gap in it from, let's say, the first eight-ish games and then nine to 16, because there's 16 in total now. Uh, it got super popular with one called Awakening, uh, that uh, came on the DS and brought the series back from its like little underground that it had been falling off and nearly canceled to mass popularity. So basically, elitists are anybody who likes to play the old games and started there, and the casuals are the ones who play Awakening onward. Sort of and literally, versus modern at the situation. time there, when it joined in like 2013, 2012, 2013, when <laughs> Awakening came out, they started calling him a derogatory turn of Awakening babies because they're not true Fire Emblem fans. They only like the new Awakening game. That's so stupid. That's how people get introduced. It's, yeah, it's died down some far, but people are criticizing you're not a true Fire Emblem fan if you only play uh, Three Houses because Three Emblem. Houses is so different. It pisses me off so badly. Have these people ever talked to another human being in person before? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> like, that's why, like, firstly for me, like, I've, it took me so long to feel comfortable to even comment on, like, fandom spaces because of things like that. Like, it always made me scared. I get a bypass because, like, even though Awakening, like, Robin from Smash Bros. is one of the main characters from Awakening, uh, that character in Smash Bros. is what introduced me to Fire Emblem. But I didn't have a 3DS at the time. <laughs> so I emulated FE8, which is a Game Boy Advance game. Mm-hmm. And it's one of like the casual ones. So people are like, what are your first game? And I was like, uh, the GBA, Sacred Stones. They're like, all right, you're cool. And I'm like, this is the only one I've played, but sure. That's why like, I've, I've always been scared to like comment because of people like that within Phantom Spaces. It's always like terrified me. And I've just recently gotten comfortable enough to do things like that but i will give my biggest hot take because i always have one mine is specifically certain tropes like the constant battle of like which trope is better 
my bad, I'm sorry, um, of which trope is better than the other. Like, yeah, everyone's going to have their preference. Everyone's going to have something they don't like and dislike. Like, I personally hate the one bed trope. I feel like it's overplayed. But that's somebody's, someone's going to fight me on that. I love it so much. It's so good. Like, I eat it up every single time. Like, I posted a video about it yesterday. <laughs> I saw it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but like at the same time people are like Kaya you just like enemies to lovers I'm like your point being it's perfect Valid. enemies to lovers incredible it's chef's kiss Dang. chef's kiss you, mu- you must have really liked Vi and Caitlyn <laughs> duh when you were mad at Caitlyn and I was like she's a cop like I was like she's mad at Caitlyn has Caitlyn met Vi yet and you said no and I was like you're gonna love this. All right, cool. We now I know why you hate Caitlyn still. <laughs> this is, I just watch Arcane. It's a whole thing. We'll get into it later. Anyway, but like that's my thing. Like you're, everybody's gonna have a trope they dislike and that they don't like. Don't make such a skeptical about it. Like I said, it's such an elite classism for no reason. When we're all here because we're a bunch of people who don't know how to socially interact with people outside of our cell phones, outside of the computer. Let, yeah. <laughs> let's just be honest, okay? It's hard to do this in the real life. I mean, I can socially interact with people out, but you none of them have. People. Yeah, true, but uh, <laughs> none of them have the niche uh, things I like to t- <laughs> games I like. So I gotta find people online who also play the weird things. They don't hyperfixate the way you do. Yes. <laughs> so that includes pop off today. So back to um, TikTok and finding all of this and being some of my favorite buzz- buzzwords are like a uh, micro niche internet celebrity. Um, and you know, being chronically online, like presumably all of us are, what was it like to be perceived by, you know, practically 300,000 people? Um, okay. So in the beginning it was insane because it's like, I got 50,000 followers in a month. Mm-hmm. And so this happened very, very quickly for me. And so it was, it's bonkers. Like that is the best way that I can think to describe it is that it's bonkers. And it's gotten to the point where it's like, it's just like, it's so hard for me to conceptualize that it's 300,000 people that are following me for whatever reason. Like it's, that's not a real number because I'll pass by like stadiums and my husband will like look up the capacity and he'll be like, it'd take like seven of those to fit all your followers. Brother in Christ, what do you mean by that? Like that's <laughs> like that's like that's something like I've always had a hard time is like being conceived by people. And so I'm like the fact that you're just like, yeah, I'm here being conceived is so wild. Yeah, I I used to be like not self-conscious about it, but like very cognizant of all of it, and mm-hmm. I'm just not anymore. It's whatever, you know, it's just it's a number. You honestly. Know, like the sky's being blue. Yeah. It is like, what it is. What people think is crazy is they talk about like you're not popular. Like, a thousand followers is not a lot. But if I got up on stage to rant about the random things I post and a thousand people are sitting in the audience, anybody would think that's a lot. Yes. And so, like, people... That's a whole different conversation about, like, how being an influencer is, you know, barely affected by, like, the numbers. Well, how much do you pull in a week and how much do you pull in that? TikTok has became a whole other beast when it comes to things of that nature. And so it's like, yeah, you could have, like, a million people on, you know... Uh, on TikTok, but like only like ten thousand on YouTube, and like people fail to realize like how heavily people that will change things and a whole beast in conversation. But we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna get on that right now. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about fandom and like the effects TikTok to me like has truly changed and honestly to me opened more ground mm-hmm. um, for better or worse. Because I'm I'm so sorry. I just I'm sorry. <laughs> 
because if you don't know, um, Berkeley has sometimes been called the Omegaverse girl, which we're not going to dive into. Because thank you, I thank care you. about your mental health. <laughs> thank you. I guess more specifically, the Mitt Romney Omegaverse girl. To be specific. Yeah. Um, and so we're not going to do that. If you want to find that out, you can go to their TikTok. Um, but uh, it's another motivation to follow her. <laughs> make the perception go up higher. Um, but how do you? How can I word this properly? What are some of the firsthand effects you've seen from like fandom changing because of TikTok? I feel like you've seen them more than like I probably have. I think that it's like more accessible. There's less of a stigma. There's less shame surrounding it. Or like it really, I think it varies fandom by fandom. Um, because I don't like I can I can't really make any blanket statements. I can say, well, most of us experienced this based on like the time period that we were in fandom, but it's going to vary based on whatever fandom that you're in. Um, but I think overall, it's just everything has gotten more accessible. Like people are less ashamed. I think also there's so much more of it. Like the the way that fandom and fanfic has just like exploded within the past five years alone insane yeah absolutely incredible but if you want to take into consideration the past two years Mm -hmm. like these these pandemic years when especially at the beginning when everybody was home and returning to fandom there was a huge explosion for fan works for everything yes and you know naturally i think some of those people have like fallen off but I know so many people that are, like, a lot of my, like, really good friends now are people who got back into, we're talking about Supernatural specifically, <laughs> but, like, these people got back into the show at the start of 2020 or at the end of 2020 with November 5th. Yes. I feel like it's, like, people are reconnecting with, like, who they used to be mm-hmm. and who they truly want to be. And, like, for me personally, I know fandom is a place where I can just be myself and express myself mm-hmm. and not be worried and not be ashamed of it because, like, my family is not okay. Like, I know for me, like, I'm going to ask you this question anyway, but, like, for my, the first fandom I've ever got into was Teen Titans because my family cared about it. That was the one thing. I come from a divorced family. And that was the only thing all of us could sit down together and watch without fighting, without arguing. It was the first place I felt okay to be myself. So what was your first fandom that you truly ever, like, got you into fandom? So, yeah, it was definitely a supernatural fandom. Um because I had been reading fanfic prior to that, but not existing in fan spaces. I was just on fanfiction.net. Um, and then I get on Tumblr, discover Super Who Lock, see one too many gift sets of Misha Collins, and say, mm, let me go ahead and like see what this is all about. Um, and, you know, you saw, you've seen the effects that it's had on my life. <laughs> <laughs> because um, if you don't know, uh, Berkeley is Misha Collins' number one uh, nemesis in the world. Yeah, I am. Known to mankind, and they've gotten to meet them multiple times. So yeah. for everyone out there wondering, can you tell us what Misha is like? Uh, um, I, like, honestly, just a little chaotic angel. Like, he is incredibly sweet, but also um, very snarky. Um, but, like, yeah, just thrives on chaos. He's just a genuinely good human being, I think. Um, that's, that's the best way to sum him up. Thrives on chaos. He yeah. does, yeah. So what was, like, the experience getting to meet him and, like, the whole, you know, Masha Poc- Misha Apocalypse 2.0 and 1.0 and that whole process? Oh, my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I should have, like, I should have known that when I posted that video that people... So for context, I 
Misha puts on a global scavenger hunt every year. I did it in 2014 when I was in high school, signed up for a certain tier, got the, the signed holiday card. Had that signed holiday card from 2014 up until now, back in April, the end of April, I noticed that it was like his signature on it was faded. And I was like, oh, this makes me a little sad. It'd be funny if I made a video talking about how I am on the verge of tears over this faded <laughs> signature. Um, and then and then everybody was like, okay, well, we're just, we're, we're going to tag him. Like, you have to understand that we're going to get you a new card. <laughs> I was like, you guys really don't have to, but okay, thanks, I guess. And so he got tagged like over 3,000 times. Sounds about times. right. In <laughs> a span of a week. It was a lot. It was, oh, God bless him. I'm so sorry, Misha Collins, if you're listening. That was my bad. My <laughs> We're going to all tag him in this podcast so he can listen <laughs> hey, to your Misha. apology. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's not a notes app apology, but I'm doing what I can here. Um, so also, he's had this, like, number for forever. That It's not his actual phone number, yep. but you can text, and on occasion he'll respond. And so um, apparently people had been texting him all week as well. And my friend Zara got a response from him after she was like, hey, Berkeley, she needs a new card. I think you should give her one. And then he said, well, she needs to check her comments more often. I saw that. I was like, Zara was the one that sent it? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which, in like, full circle, because when we went to DC Con, Zara got to meet him, too, for, in, like, a photo op. I saw all the videos, and I was, uh, I was uh, living vicariously. Uh, it, was, it was so good. Um, but, yeah, so I then text him, and I was like, Hey, um, my phone's literally always in my hand. I am chronically online in the truest sense of the word. I think I would have noticed, especially because I follow you and you're like, you, you know. Yeah. But I spent uh, like an hour searching and then my husband looked with me and then Zara and my other friend Zoe also looked, couldn't find anything. So then I took it to the public and pandemonium. When you fail, the internet will always be real. Yeah. <laughs> and so they started um, this hunt this search for the the comment none of us could find it um like it days searching for it and then i eventually text him and i'm like hey buddy i can't i cannot find this like you're really good at at hiding things uh and then at one point he texts me back and i'm like hey you find the comment yet i do you not think that you would know if i had um the and world would know. The birds yeah. would know. The grass would know. And literally, because so many people, it was like hundreds of thousands of people, which is so weird for me to think about because like so many people either got into Supernatural for the first time because of that. They know who he is now because of that. Like it's... It, You're doing God's work. I suppose. I'm doing someone's work. Um, <laughs> it's not Misha Collins. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that you know, persist. It goes from, it started April 29th. Uh, and then, you know, May 23rd, personal tragedy or whatever. My brother did die. RIP. RIP. Pour one out for the homies. Pour one out for the homie. Yeah. Um, and so he did, he like texted me and he was like, sorry for your loss. And I was like, thanks buddy. I found out later that literally all of like supernatural stand Twitter had been texting him and being like, you need to like check in on her. <laughs> Sweet, but also so concerning at the same time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You've literally just got my entire supernatural fan. Like literally at the snap of a hand, a whole city destroyed. Don't give me any ideas. Um, so yeah, he he texted me and he was like, "Sorry for your loss," and I was like, "Thanks." Um, and then he texted me again. He was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, happy birthday." Um, here is uh, I found out that TikTok hid the comment, so I commented again, same as it was, minus the redacted part yeah. or like the part that got it pulled. 
And so more pandemonium, still couldn't find it. Turns out, <laughs> like, I spent days searching. And I was like, I, are you lying to me in my time of need? Um, but it turns out, like, when, when you are popular on the Internet and something happens to you and, like, parasocial relationships, people want to help you, but they don't know how, how because they're not local, they send you so much money. <laughs> so I got, I acquired um, a lot of dead brother pity money. And then oh I, my god! <laughs> I mean, it's the best kind of money. If your brother's gonna die, if I don't get pity money out of it, what's the point? That might <laughs> that might go the quote book. I acquired a lot of dead brother pity money. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't like very thankful for it, obviously, but I don't know what else to like call it because that's that's what it was, you know. Because like, why else would you send a stranger on the internet money? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I used that to buy tickets to go to the Supernatural convention that was in Orlando, like, literally in three weeks. There was no planning involved with this. <laughs> it was pure impulse. Um, so I bought the tickets, got the meet and greet, made my trek down there. Um, and this meet and greet, it's like, he, he does two. So one of them is, like, 30 minutes and 20 people, and the other is 45 minutes and 10 people, and you leave the convention center. Yeah. Did the 45-minute one. We are, you know, out and about. We get to where the adventure ends we're all sitting there he's chit-chatting about like politics or something um he was like getting our opinions on everything and then he's like okay so does uh, anybody have any questions and he looks directly at me and i was like yeah actually i do and then i unbutton my shirt where it says <laughs> misha collins number one arch nemesis or one and only arch nemesis and i was like the comment where is it and then he immediately pulls out his phone and shows me a screenshot that he'd taken on a desktop. And he's like, I don't know why it wouldn't post. It's because he put his phone number in it. You can't put your phone number on the internet, Misha. Well, he thought he could. And so <laughs> TikTok was protecting me from him when they should have been protecting him from me. Honestly. Honestly yeah. Um, but I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of anticlimactic. Um, I thought I was going to have to, like, you know, pull some teeth to try and get this. He's more compliant than you thought. You yeah, know? maybe he was like, okay, I, should, I need to cut her, cut her some slack now. <laughs> Your brother just died. Come on. This has been 57 days of digital waterboarding. Um, so, yeah, that this is a major apocalypse. I mean, honestly, you're kind of living everybody's fandom dream. I'm not even going to lie. That is kind of a fandom dream. Yeah, honestly. It's <laughs> <laughs> like goals. Um, so, like you said, you were mainly, like, on Tumblr, and you because of this, you've met people and Misha and everything mm -hmm. and led you where you are today. Um we have multiple sites for fandom, if you don't know, if you want to read a fanfic. You have AO3 and Tumblr and the Cursed Wattpad <laughs> and fanfiction.net, which I happen to find out you're quite familiar with. I am intimately familiar with ye old fanfiction.net. So much, in fact, that you've even faked your death. Yeah. So would, would, would you like to tell people how you faked your death? Do you like the way that I did it? Or like, cause like that was, the way I did it was tacky, but also I was 14, so like cut me some slack i mean all of it honestly i don't care i've i've heard the story like seven times but cat doesn't know anything they're looking at us like what do oh you, you didn't know they don't know anything about you this is all this is all news this is your me. first like interaction this yes. is all for kaya i am the host i do what i want i am god uh, phenomenal you are the god of this small thing okay so here's what happened right i all I understand is I need uh, to follow you and catch up on all the wacky adventures I, yeah, I have a lot apparently. of lore yes most people get surprised when they find out she's married. Yeah, that always. Well, no, at I least got once that. I got that pretty quickly. Oh yeah, I didn't say my husband. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so 
Uh, I discovered fan fiction for the first time in 2011 by Googling stories about the Hunger Games because it brain rot. Um, took me to fanfiction.net. I was like, oh my God, like, how have I never heard? Why, why are we not talking about this? There was a reason. I didn't know it. I, you know, social ineptitude. <laughs> so I go to school and I'm like, guys, I, I found the greatest thing. I got bullied so much, but like, that's, <laughs> that's not the point. Um, so like, I end up consuming so much fanfic and then it like, I guess eventually dawns on me that I am also allowed to write it. Um, and so I was writing a Percy Jackson in the Olympians high school AU, which AU is an alternate universe, which is like where you take the characters and put them in not their own world. And so I was writing this AU, and what I realized now happened was that my hyperfixation ended. I didn't know I had ADHD until like a couple of years ago. <laughs> I mean, we all get diagnosed with ADHD as adult at this point. Yeah. Like my therapist knows I have it, but he's like, you're not going to benefit from me diagnosing you with it. So we know you're good. <laughs> Um, so hyperfixation ended, but there was like a horde of what I'm presuming are other 14-year-olds that were following the story that I didn't want to disappoint. And so instead of, I don't know, just not updating or updating to say, hey guys, I'm sorry, I'm not going to write this anymore because I don't want to, or just, you know, saying anything like permanent hiatus, I posted pretending to be a friend, saying that I had died. The logical. Yeah. <laughs> Only 14-year-old logic. The most logical thing to do. And I think the worst part about it was that I had just read John Green's The Fault in Our Stars. So one can only assume how I died. <laughs> <laughs> We're leaving that for the imagination. We're not going to tell any of the audience members how, how you can be about that. But the reason, At least we all know who John Green is. <laughs> yes. But the reason I, I bring that up is because there has been an evolution between, you know, sites and all that today where from, you know... Uh, like, I want to say, I forgot how to pronounce it with a Q. Q Quotive? Yeah. Or Quotive? Yes. Quizilla? Yes. And then we get to, like, fanfiction.net, which people are on and off about, like, which one they like. And I understand why people don't like it and the purge that they do randomly and the constant things of, oh, they're closing down and tomorrow, so take down all your fic. That's something I hear practically every day. Mm -hmm. Only reason I prefer it is because they have open dyslexic as a font. And as a dyslexic person, it makes reading fanfic so much easier. And that's a different thing. And then, like, I'm trying to learn how to use AO3, but... The learning curve is so strong. I am here for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Anytime. I love showing people how to use AO3. I'm learning slowly but surely. I just, I'm not a coding girly. And like the boy people are like, yeah, if you want to change this, just like code it in there. And I'm like, I am very basic. I know how to hit record on this, on this uh, pad and that's it. I have an editor for a reason. And so um, one thing I want to talk about was like the impact AO3 had. Once fanfic.net in like 2002, if I'm correct, yeah, so 1998 uh, is in October, so it's turning 24 this month. In October yes. of 1998, it goes live as the first site of its kind, because previously, if you wanted to read, like, Doctor Who fanfic, you had to go to a Doctor Who website to do that. Or if you wanted to read X-Files fanfic, you had to go to an X-Files site. There wasn't a one-stop shop until, like, an archive. That's essential, That's what it was, was an archive. And so you don't get that until fanfiction.net. And it's great. People love it. It's awesome until it's not. And that is um, in 2002 when they just start banning stuff. Yes. And so they changed their uh, policy to say no NC-17 content anymore. And then um, I have since learned, I don't know the validity of this because I haven't had a chance to like fact check it yet other than from people who were on the site in 2002, is that they said that they were going to be down for scheduled maintenance. Um, it was around 9-11. <laughs> uh, 
the first anniversary of 9-11, and they were like, yep, we're, we're you know, going to be down, maintenance, respect. People came back, and all of their um, NC-17 content stories were deleted. It was a sad day for fanfic everywhere. And so because of the, you know, people were trying to find new ways and new places to go, because if you don't have that integrity anymore, mm-hmm. where can I put my fanfic where people can see it and appreciate it the way I do. Right. So years go by, and we get a couple other sites, and then we have the emergence of AO3, mm-hmm. the filter god. Yes. <laughs> the place of all places to read fanfic. Um, I do not recommend that for the week. Um, like I said, the learning curve is very strong, unless to me you're a STEM girly, and I am an arts girly. Liberal arts major for a reason. <laughs> so the thing that makes AO3 different and the way people trust AO3 is this thing called OT, OTW. Mm-hmm. And would you explain it? Because you're better at words than I am. Okay. So the OTW is the parent organization for AO3, which is archive of our own. I don't know if we ever like talked about oh. what AO3 was. <laughs> yes. So OTW is the Organization for Transformative Works. Their purpose is to um, offer uh, like legal backup for any sort of uh, like fanfic author who may be facing litigation overriding fanfic. And so they are there with a legal team. Also, the OTW houses um, AO3. AO3 is really significant in comparison to uh, fanfiction.net because fanfic.net started as a nonprofit but it got very expensive to run very quickly and so they started you know having ads on their site uh ao3 doesn't have ads at all on anything like if you don't know as people if you've ever used wikipedia since most of your college students i'm pretty sure you are um don't cite that go to the resources and then cite it there you go you just passed your exam um but it's basically how they do a, a drive every year to raise money for Wikipedia. Um, AO3 does it in probably like five minutes. Yeah. Every single year. I'm sorry, Wikipedia, you got to have the fanfic. Um, <laughs> so that is mainly what it is. It's a drive they do every single year. But continue. Yeah, so fanfic.net, yada, yada. I forgot you're, what I You're fine. We'll, OTW. We'll, yes, OTW. Very yeah. important. We love it, and that's the reason it's very trusted. Yeah, because they go to bat for fanfic authors for literally everything, and because they have an archive in the truest sense of the word, for better or for worse. Yes. Any, it's, the purpose of AO3 being started was to house the types of content that were getting banned and deleted on other sites like fanfic.net or LiveJournal or Wattpad or anything like that. Yes, and so because of that, I feel like this is one of your favorite things to talk about, so we get frank about it. It's the social act. Social act act of it. Yeah. If you don't know what a social act is, it's the terminology that happens like within um, the African-American community. We have AAVE, the places, the the way language develops Mm -hmm. within time. And I feel like AO3 truly helped push that. We've used terms like AU and Fanon and things of those nature which is so important. And it's like, if you're going to fan spaces, you're like, what are you saying? So it's the weird slang everybody comes up with. For yes. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's truly helped develop it. And so can you explain like the sociolect more? Uh, uh, yeah, okay. So a sociolect is the uh, particular uh, diction and or jargon of a particular uh, subculture of a social class, right? So it could be anything from symbols to, to literally just like language, anything that we use to speak to each other, inherently like in this subculture yes and so in fandom you have like we said words like fanon uh headcanon you have au um meta like just a plethora of different ways to talk about 
what we want to talk about, and that is because language is always going to evolve to suit the needs of the speaker, and it's uh, evolved in this one particular area in this one particular way so that we can talk more adequately about fanfic and about our fictional characters and about like go really in depth and talk about you know like headcanons yes uh you know because you have canon you have fanon and then you have headcanon and most people aren't going to know what those are but like we know what it is and like how different they are and how important they are Yes, and so um, Berkeley does a lot of this on their TikToks. I'm going to plug their TikTok again. Um, we're going to say what it is at the end. Oh, how, how, I always feel like I'm pronouncing it wrong. So can you say the your username? Icarus Pendragon. Yeah, Icarus Pendragon. So go follow them. They explain this all the time. If you ever have questions, they will gladly answer them like with the best possible way ever. How would you pronounce that? I don't. <laughs> I just say Berkeley. <laughs> like, I'm going on a date tonight, and I was telling them about you. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, who? And I was like, Berkeley. And I was like, I feel like I know them. Can you show me, like, a video or something? And they're like, oh, Icarus Pendrag. And I was like, I don't know how to pronounce that. So I just <laughs> say their name. I do not know how to pronounce I am fair. dyslexic. Also, I get lots of Sorry, people being like, yes. how, do you, how do you say this? <laughs> Sorry. You should yeah, understand my pain. I am dyslexic. dyslexic. I just did too much into mythology, so I know how to say Icarus. Okay. <laughs> all together, my brain jumbles the letters because, you know, usernames are just all put there. There's no spaces. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my brain Unless you like, put underscores. So I'm just like, I don't know what that word is. It's just a word. And dragon yeah, is what. Because every time I look at him, I'm like, okay, I can pull that apart. Got it. I know what it is now. So I'm just like, yeah, Berkeley. And so... I'm super excited about that. Anyway, so that's something I would highly recommend, just all that fun things. But the thing is, with fanfic, there's a lot of classism. We mentioned at it, we hinted at it, we do all of this. And to me, I feel like the classism officially started with Anne Rice. <sighs> yeah. Um, if you don't know, Anne Rice is a author, I forgot what she wrote. Interview with a Vampire. There you go, interview with Empire, and she hated fan fiction. She thought it was a disgrace there if she spat on it and said, get it out of my face. Yeah. And we do not like her. Boo, boo, boo. Tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. Cannot stand. People cheered when she died. Honestly, it was it was practically a party was held. Got it. So what's going to happen when J.K. Rowling dies? Oh, yes. you just wait. I can't wait. I want there to be a festival. <laughs> I, I, I want to be there. <laughs> anyway, so um, because of that, I feel like publishing companies took the side of her and practically from this point on mm -hmm. created some form of elitism when it comes to fanfic and oh, yeah. literature. And so there's a constant, for me personally, I've never liked classic literature. There's always been a learning curve for me, mm -hmm. other people, especially someone who has a social, like a learning disability, it's hard to understand and no one wants to acknowledge it. And you talk about that a lot. And since yeah. you're the expert here, please expert us. Okay. Um, so <laughs> Expert us. <laughs> Okay, uh, one of the I got real southern for a moment. Um, one of the aspects of fanfic that I like the most is that it exists as an accessible means of storytelling, and it's accessible in a lot of different ways. In that it meets you where you are. Uh, classic literature it can be uh, dense and hard to understand unless you've been given the tools through something like higher education, which is further inaccessible to a lot of people to be able to understand and like parse through it and get any meaning from it. Um, so fan fiction is also free and online when most people have internet access in some way. Um, Especially like now in today's society, just for a job, you have to have internet access. Yeah. Um, so it's free, it's online with, it, like I said, it meets you where you are. There's a wealth of diversity in representation and inclusion that you'll find in fanfic that you don't find in traditionally published literature. Like it's getting better 
but for a very long time, if you wanted to read about queer characters, you could only do that with fan fiction. Um, and also, a lot of the representation that you, or like the diversity that you were reading about, it is written by people who belong to that marginalized or minor, minoritized group of people. Correct. And like people sort of realize, like, if you want something good and you want something that represents yourself, we're slowly getting to that age where diversity things are happening. Mm -hmm. And even then, they're being done like very much halved very poorly without being much thought and the people who care about it, the people who are living that right for it in fanfic and mm -hmm. publishers won't give these people time of day and so a constant thing that's happening that i've been saying constantly and i want your opinion on it is the way bookstores are adapting to it because people who read fanfiction are working in books a million they're working at barnes and noble so when they're making the displays they'll be like oh and this is the trope and this is the trope mm -hmm. and people hate it and i don't know why i love it yeah, I literally, I had like an hour-long conversation about this with my friend Amanda last night. Um, the bottom line is that the people publishing now, the people writing, especially new adult, which is a genre that has popped up within the past couple of years, which is like ages 20 to 30, roughly, because yeah. uh, young adult is like 13 to 20. Yeah. And so new adult, new adult is that genre that's popped up within the past couple of years, and it is written by the fanfic generation. So these are the people that grew up on fanfiction.net, that grew up on AO3, that, you know, saw the impact and how good fanfic can be. And now they write their stories to read like fanfic. And that's how they are advertising to appeal to people who read fanfic because a, when it comes to like loyalty and also um, upward monetary gain, People in fandom spaces keep... Fandom going. Yeah, they keep enterprises alive. Like, Supernatural is a television show that ended two years ago. I'm going to another convention for it in December. It's my third one this year. Like, people don't realize how much money someone will spend on it. And so that brings me to another point that we're going to talk about. It's minors in fan spaces. Okay. Uh, as, as someone who was a minor in a fan space, you Same. know, um, it's, I, no one's saying that they can't be there. And so what I'm seeing now, especially with like a lot of new minors, is like adults can't be here. This is not for you. And I'm like, baby, they're funding you. They're keeping you alive. They're your sugar daddy. Don't, don't disrespect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, <laughs> what I wanted to say is like, Hold on, my brain just died. Um, it's the ADHD. Hold on. You can do it, sweetie. I'm almost there. I lost it. I'm sorry, Grayson. I lost my train of thought. You might have to cut that part out. <laughs> so we're talking uh, minors in fandom spaces and them saying, like, hey, adults don't belong here. Like, this is, this is a kids-only club. Uh, and not realizing that if it were not for adults, fandom spaces wouldn't exist because they are the ones that fund everything also it was you know housewives in the 60s that started fandom in the first place with star trek the original series yes that is like the og fandom is star trek yeah well i think it goes back a little bit further than that to the 1920s with uh, sci-fi however that was like a boys club yeah um especially considering the fact that sci-fi was created by a woman i i never understood why it was the way it was like i don't like to me like when you look at big bang theory and mm -hmm. like how it's like oh they're nerding out and it's only guys when women are predominantly the main people who do things of this nature. Yeah. Because, like, I told my dad, like, uh, me and Kat are in a Dungeons and Dragons group. It's my first time playing. I've always wanted to play. And he's like, you don't seem like the type. And I'm like, why? Because I'm a girl? He's like, yeah. 
this is a blatant. I've called my dad sexist multiple times to his face. He knows this. Like he's listening to this, and he. I knows don't think I've sexist. ever played in a D and D group that doesn't have. Uh, a female playing with our group like that's like the number one people who engage and interact with these things like it's just facts it's history it's knowledge it's facts so the fact people want to sit here and be like no it could never be them like the how society hates teenage girls is oh oh you have i'm vibrating in my seat right now that is like a whole thing like how much society hates teenage girls as a teenage girl in society you know, I lived that. I know what that was like. And yeah. no, can we just establish in our D&D group, we have two guys, two non-binary people, and three girls. Yes. We are pretty evenly <laughs> spread up in this. But it's like, they constantly tear them down, even though they're the ones that you're pushing for. Mm-hmm. You're marketing. Like, um, uh, there's this thing called Soda Student Leaders. And um, we're going to have a PowerPoint night. And if you're listening to this, I'll tell you what mine is going to basically be. Um, it's basically how 9-11 impacted fanfictum. And not in the way people are thinking. More because in the it way, did. More in the way of, um, because of 9-11, we got Twilight. And because of that, the teenage girl had marketing power. And marketing power made the MCU what it is today. It's a whole thing I can go on for about three billion hours. Yeah. So, um... So that's the the hint of our the butterfly effect in its finest. Yes. Yeah. Um, so like teenage girls push the thing. Those are the things that you're marketing for, yet you hate them so much, and it grinds my tears more than anything in the world. But why we talk about teenage girls? Something that is a byproduct of that is Wattpad and RPF mm-hmm. or real person fanfiction. And as a real person who is now you know somewhat a figure, how does it feel to know that there's fanfic about you? Um, I, you know, it's kind of funny to me because like that's not me. Yeah. Also, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm. I try and be very authentic online. However, people can't know everything about me. Of course. Um, and so it is like some sort of idealized version that they are writing about. Like I think it's funny when they write fanfic about me fighting Misha Collins at a Waffle House. Like that, <laughs> objectively funny. Um. <laughs> What? No, I'm sorry. I'm just, just imagining it in my head. Yes. You're just throwing a waffle at his head. Oh my god, there's fan art of it. You I, I see? know. I've seen some of it. And just, every just time the I see the idea of people Major <laughs> Collins finding someone in a waffle. I'm wearing the court jester hat. Oh my god. Like I said, I've read That's gotta be no, that'll be the weirdest thing. Like if you ever make it big and then there's fan art of you. Oh my god, somebody like Photoshop this. I loved it. It's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, Dean in the back kills me every time. <laughs> like, the, it's, that's why I love being part of fan spaces. Because, like, you can come from any fan space and still be able to communicate. <laughs> like, people say, like, to, people say math is a universal language. I like to laugh in their face. And I said, you've never been in a fan space before, have you? No. Because <laughs> I could have sent them a picture. It didn't have to be words. Fanfic and fan art are all universal. You mm-hmm. can come from all over the world and have just one single thing in common, and that's you're at a con, not speak the same language, and still have the best time in the world. Yo, that's, uh, I think that just, okay, so storytelling is like foundational to community. Community is foundational to humanity, which in turn would like lead one to believe that storytelling is like imperative to humanity. Yes. So with that in mind, derivative works have always been with us, but when it comes to it being in a fandom space, when it comes to it being uh, like AFAB people who are the traditional and like majority enjoyers of it, that's when it's an issue. Yes. Because like the Iliad, I mean, that is, that's a, a derivative work. And then you have Madeline Miller's Song of Achilles, also a derivative work. Yes. 
So what stops those from not being fanfic if they are a derivative work? Yes. And, like, half the time, it's, it's a, like, a copyright thing, and, like, that's what people ask all the time. Like, oh, are people in AO3 getting paid for it? And, like, no. Lawsuit. Yeah. Lawyer. Yeah. Big scary. No, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, like, you're constantly going back and forth between, like, well, you can consider this and that, and this is not, and it's a hot mess fire boiling point. Yeah. So... Um, I hope you guys loved us talking with Berkeley today. I could honestly talk to you for hours, but because I, I love our Edison Grayson, editor Grayson. Hey, Grayson, shout out to you. Kisses. Um, we're not going to go for three hours. Lame. <laughs> but um, before we go, um, I do another segment called Fizzle Down, Feel Good. What is the one good thing that's happened to you this week or it's going to happen to you this week? Okay. Uh, I had like a couple. I had something good happen today and last night. Do I get to share two? Yes. Share as many as you want. All right. So I um, got a sponsored video deal today. So like a little, little cash in my pocket yes. to reimburse me for the Supernatural National <laughs> Convention tickets that I bought last night. So you're fine. I just bought like Camicon tickets today because okay. I got paid last night. So you're yep. good. Yeah. I... We'll be both going to Camicon, and it's going to be amazing. It's, if, it's my first. Hopefully, con. I can get all my so cosplay together. So I'm super excited. It. I'm getting all my cosplay together. Like, oh I'm, oh. so I am like currently working on my outfits for the convention that's in December um, because, you know, first one was the end of Misha Apocalypse. Like that was, that was big. Yes. Second convention, I was like, all right, what do I got to do to like keep this upward momentum? I wore a ball gown. Yes, it was. It was gorgeous. So, all the way, by the way, where do you get your headpiece from? I, Amazon. Okay. Yeah. I need it, so I'm going to order it. Okay. Yeah, do it. It's Amazon. Um, so, I wore the ball gown, and then I'm not going to reveal my secrets, but in December, one-upping. I'm, I'm excited. I'm sorry. I got to call. Yeah, my phone's on silent. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, in December, I'm going to... So, last con, we went opulence. Mm-hmm. This con, we're going camp. I can't wait. We love camp. It's, 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 I'm so camp. excited. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Okay. Is there, that was the other thing you wanted to share, or was that both of them? Yeah, it was both of them. The, okay. the sponsored video and then more convention Camp. Yeah, camp. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, Kat, what was the thing for you? I'm getting a sword. <gasps> I have a sword! <laughs> it's Okay, it's not. It's a uh, specifically uh, at uh, First Friday last month. Uh-huh. I commissioned someone to make... Oh, if make... you're not from the UNA area, uh, First Friday is something Florence does where they get a whole bunch of small businesses together and they sell things. It's like a convention center, but for nerds in the middle of downtown. Not for nerds. For regular people <laughs> in the middle of downtown Florence. For nerds and regular people. Yeah. Yeah. Nerds are kind of regular people when it comes to just walking around town. Yeah. Not yeah. for me. I I don't walk. I drive. Fair enough. Anyway. Um, uh, and so specifically, uh, the character Roy from uh, Fire Emblem The Binding Blade, uh, because that is uh, a 2002 Game Boy Advance game. Uh, finding prop versions of his sword, even though he's in Smash Ultimate, is not easy. Uh, so I am commissioned, and I'm buying it tonight, uh, his Binding Blade. The Binding Blade, which is his uh, legendary weapon he gets at the end of that, or near the end of that game. Phenomenal. Okay, I can get to steal a sword from Cat. I'm excited. Don't you dare <laughs> steal the Binding Blade. I have like four other swords at home that you can take. I'm stealing a sword from Cat at the end of the day. That's all that matters. Um, the one good thing for me this week, I'm going on a date tonight, so I'm excited. Um, gay. Yes, always gay. Um, <laughs> but I want to thank you all so much for listening. Um, if you can go give Berkeley a follow on TikTok at Icarus Pendragon. Thank you so much, because I was going to say it wrong. <laughs> I could have said it. I've heard it twice. <laughs> 
Okay, I have a speech impediment and I'm dyslexic. You ableist person. I'm dyslexic. I can't comment about the uh, uh, speech, speech impediment. impediment, though. You surely can't. Well, I have one of those bad boys. <laughs> we love a speech impediment. It's yeah. great. It gives us character. Yeah. Unlike that person over there. They don't know anything about it. Is there any other projects that you or anything else you would like to plug? Uh, yeah, I just got a job as a part of the writer's room for an audio fiction on Spotify called That Vampire Show. I am joining them for season two. Um, the premise of the show is a high school senior named Kat uh, gets uh, she's really into writing fanfic for this one show called Bloodlines. It's about vampires. She wins a fanfic writing contest, gets to go to the set, meet everybody. Uh, the creator of the show is essentially like, hey, the villain, you're not supposed to find him hot. Like, stop writing him as hot and redeemable. Uh, and that's, that's the show. Just, like, the fallout from that. We love that. Um, so now not only will the whole album will be on there, but I'm going to put one of the episodes from that on Spotify in there as well. Fantastic. So you have 16 things, um, the most. So we're going to give you an honorary crown. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. So I want to thank you all so much for watching. I oh, don't watch. Well, watching because we're on YouTube as well. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> hey. So thank you all so much for watching. And thank you all so much for listening. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.